the Kicks Picks podcast. Coach Steve here with you along with Scotty. Scotty's back from vacation and we get one back and we lose one. Nick is back away on work from what we're told, not on a bender in Vegas. He, you know, since he was the only one, Scotty, that brought the record down last week, let it be known. Uh, we had a, a very good week, seven and three. Uh, I think I, what did I say? The units were, we were up, change the tab here. 3.91 units up on a seven and three weeks. We'll call that four at, units. Yeah, just about four units. Nick had two of those losses, so he did. Um, not to bury him while he's not here, but maybe he's he's in hiding. He says his his name for himself or his what he's calling it is a perpetual one and two uh, streak right now. Every week is one and two for him. Yeah, I was I was in a similar funk to start the season, but I kind of found a new little niche for me with these like parlays that I've been doing, just taking some of these like favored teams, parlaying together, getting around even money. I'm two and zero on those. I think I might, my aggregate score now is like 16 to one. Um, so unfortunately I didn't find any clubs this week. So uh, no, you know, maybe a little bit of a spoiler, but nothing coming this week on a parlay, but uh, hopefully I found some other value that that'll work for this weekend. Yeah. And uh, the pod lock back five wins, two losses and seven pretty darn good for our pod lock up uh, just over two units. Uh, so we're happy with that. Always good to be on the plus side of things there. Uh, I feel pretty good about myself after last week. I went three and zero. I hit that big Leverkusen team total at plus one seventy. Felt really good. Um, you know when you have that like hunch and and you you ride with it and then it comes out when you're in those bigger plus numbers like you did a couple weeks ago. It definitely feels good and, and it helps boost our our total. So we're back over into plus money just under yeah. a unit. You know it's not the greatest, but it's definitely better than being down like we were the last two weeks overall. So. We'll take you it. and the podlock are, are carrying it right now because you and the podlock combined are around plus five and a half units, and then Nick and I are right around minus five. Um, Nick is actually closing in on me. I started off the season, I think I was deep in the red, um, yes, climbing my way up a little bit. And and Nick, like you said, with his you know perpetual one and two streak, it, it has found his way down to my level, unfortunately. So this might be the week that I pass him. Maybe this this is the week where Nick takes over the bottom spot in the the capper table for Kicks Picks podcast. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to hope to keep things hot on the weekend because, I mean, we could just touch on it quick. The Champions League match day two is passed, and uh, we put a bunch of picks out there. Maybe maybe too many, I guess, on on Tuesday. But even with if we had kept a few off the the bed sheet, it was a, it was a rough day. Today was a little bit better, um, just around even. But Champions League has been hard to cap so far from what I've noticed in two match days. Yeah, it's been a lot of upsets, um, a lot of games where we expect few goals suddenly become goal fests um, and and vice versa. I mean, if you told me today that um, between uh, Dortmund and Milan and uh, Atletico Feyenoord, uh, one game was going to have five goals and one game was going to have zero, I don't think you and I ever would have guessed that the Milan Dortmund game would have been the one with yeah. zero goals. Definitely not. So. I, I was expecting at least a, a couple goals in that one. You know, we, we put the over two and a half out there. I expected at least two, you know, maybe a one, one or something. Um, yeah. Very, very strange to see that go scoreless nil, nil um, Milan disappointing. So far. it's back to back nil nils in the champions league. We had them as the team that could win that group, but they're not taking advantage of opportunities that are presented to them, which is disappointing. Um, I know that that was the the one future that I played that I thought was, you know, worthwhile in terms of like, I think it was plus 500 or something. Yeah. 
Um, and it's still it's still open because Newcastle beat PSG, so those teams are both on three points at, at this point, and um, you know Milan's on two, so the the, the chances are there for them. But man, uh, could have easily been on six points with the amount of chances they've had. So certainly something to keep an eye on because it's been very different in Serie A for them as we, as we track that league. So um, yeah, I mean City had a tough time. PSG went to St James Park Ugh, and really got it handed horrible. to them. Yeah, they tried playing um, a four-two-four formation, which was—I mean—they tried to set up as a four-two-three-one. But when you have Ramos, Colomuani, and and Mbappe all playing up top, like it, it becomes a four-two-four. Um, and their midfield was—I put it in our group chat—it was like non-existent. Um, you know, they have this talented seventeen-year-old kid that was trying to do what he could, and then Manuel Ugarte, who coming over from Lisbon, I think, um, trying to like anchor it, but. Newcastle just overran them in the midfield nonstop. And I, I, I'm surprised it took them as long as it did to, to actually make changes. Cause for me, like I, after that second goal, like I would have brought on a third midfielder right away. Um, you know, Colin Mwani wasn't really even doing much anyways, so it wouldn't have been a loss to take him off. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things that had jumped out, obviously Manchester United really in deep trouble now after that three, two loss to Galatasaray, we had, Galatasaray plus a goal and a half thinking, you know, they'll at yeah. least keep it close. And that was our rationale for the pick. Um, if, if anybody saw our write-up, it was, you know, we don't, we're not necessarily saying that Galatasaray will win or that Manchester United won't win, but we think they're good enough to keep it close. And there they are getting the 3-2 win at Old Trafford. That's, that's, a, that's a big one. Um, yeah, first, Arsenal, uh, first win for them in England in 17 years or something like that. Wow. Um, Arsenal went to France and lost to Len, who apparently, according to Ligue 1, are farmers. <laughs> that's that's like a you know a provincial yeah. side, and there they are getting a two-one win over Arsenal at home. Famous win for them. Uh, that was definitely a surprise as well. Like you mentioned the Atletico scoreline; they end up coming back and beating Feyenoord because for a little bit it looked like Feyenoord was going to go to Madrid and get all three points, and that would have been something. Um, uh, Shakhtar big comeback against Antwerp. I regret not betting them. Draw no bet like I thought about, but hey. I mean, for a while, I would have sweated it out. Another five-goal surprise. Like, who would have thought yeah. that game would have had five goals in them? Um, Barcelona, one nothing win over Porto. Very low scoring. Um, I guess not that surprising considering the way Porto sometimes plays, but Barca uh, managed to, to kind of escape Portugal um, with the 1-0. The 1-0 is not always easy to get on the road. Um, those are some of the, the big ones, but I think Newcastle putting up four is big. And, that, and the big thing for them, too, it, it come, if that group, because we called that the group of death early on, like, Goal differential could play a big part in that group, right? And if you put up four and you're plus three on PSG, even if you go to France and and you know lose two one or something, you still have that that nice little cushion there in, in terms of goal differential. Um, if they can go and and get some other results, they were zero zero against Milan. I think they're going to feel really good at home against both Milan and Dortmund if they if they're in this kind of form. Yeah, and I think I know you probably didn't get to watch the game, Coach, because you're at work, but the crowd was unbelievable like that. It, it, the second that I started watching that game, the, I think it was Anthony Gordon closed down a, a, a defender on PSG and, and cleared the ball out for a goal kick, right? Like it was just, he ran him down. The, the defender tried to like make a pass up. Anthony Gordon just cleared it out and he starts pumping up the crowd and the crowd just roared. And I was like, Oh, that's right. Like this is like a, a big return to the champions league match for your, for, for Newcastle and, and the whole match, they were just, non-stop you know screaming and chanting and that's i realized i was like oh yeah no i fucked up with this psg pick because i didn't consider the fact that 
um, Newcastle was going to be in full voice for all 90 minutes because it definitely made a huge difference in the game. Yeah. I mean, the fact that PSG played two midfielders didn't help, but certainly the crowd was a, a key point, too. I think too, like you said, when you're out of the Champions League for 20, 20 years or whatever it was, like that's just like a big moment for those fans, right? You've been waiting some people almost their whole lifetime if you're someone in your late 20s or something, right? You haven't seen it since you were a kid, and uh, that's huge. Um, the Real Madrid win yes. too, I almost missed that one. That was big for them at Napoli. Um, I don't know how that last goal got called an own goal. I don't know if it stayed an own goal, but that was that was some strike. I'm poor Alex Moret for getting. Uh, an old goal pinned on him on that rocket. I, I forget who hit it. Um, I don't know if it was Kamavinga or, or who it was, but was it Valverde? Um, was it Valverde? It was Valverde. Yeah, somebody yeah. hit it hard, um, and it was it was some goal, and they 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 pinned it as an own goal. That's kind of criminal for him not to get credit for that. But um, big win for them. Um, I thought Napoli would have had a little bit better showing at home. They were kind of in better form, and and I know that was one of the ones we were having trouble handicapping. You were leaning Madrid. Nick and I were leaning Napoli, so we went Napoli in our picks. Um, but we said it, it this could be a, a, a zero zero, it could be a three three, could be anywhere in between, and it ended up being a a pretty exciting close game to from three, what three. I saw the scoreline. Yeah, pretty close yeah. to that three three. So Champions League, definitely something to keep an eye on in a in a few weeks' time and seeing if if this trend continues, some of these upsets, some of these unexpected score lines. And and at Newcastle's gonna be, I think, one of the teams I keep an eye on just because we've been following them since uh you know they started we started the pod of almost just about two years ago now getting close to it and you know we've we've liked to see them do well get their return to the champions league and i think even we were like yeah you know they did well in the premier league last year but champions league is a different ball game we'll see if the depth catches up to them but right now they're topping the group and uh could get interesting and and i misspoke and said they had three points they have four it's psg on three because psg's got the win and the loss but um definitely want to keep an eye on i think that that's going to be a fun group to to watch the rest of the way yeah for sure um other than that i think uh i think that covers champions league for now so scotty you weren't here to to help us preview the game last week andy came on from happy hour sports he's another liverpool supporter i didn't get to watch the match but i i know there was a lot of controversy in that one i mean what, what do you take away from a match like that against spurs where refereeing becomes such an issue two red cards i mean the your boys held out until it was pretty close to like the 95th minute, right? It was. It was, like it was late. the yeah. last kick. Yeah, it was the last kick. It was a, it was an unfortunate own goal off of a, you know, you know, cross your heart, hope to die, cross in from, from I think it was um, uh, Pedro or whatever, uh, Perry. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a tough one to swallow because they played so well considering all that was up, you know, they are stacked up against. Um, you know, the, the first red card was pretty controversial because it was just one of those, you know, soccer movements where, uh, Curtis Jones goes to make the tackle, gets the ball, but at the same time, you know, the, the opposing player kicks the ball. And so Curtis Jones foot gets moved over the top of the ball and into the you know upper ankle. And, uh, the, the VAR decided to show a still shot of just Curtis Jones studs going right into the ankle as opposed to like the whole play, Mm. which apparently is not supposed to happen according to all of the, Twitter sleuths online um, reading the VAR rule books over what's allowed and what's not, but it just kind of sucks because it was really like a built up to be a huge match. And, and I think, yeah. you know, we talked about, or you guys talked about, you know, the, the dominance that Liverpool have had in that fixture moving forward. And this is kind of like Tottenham's first chance to kind of, you know, stand up and, and, and kind of take back some of their, uh, you know, reclaim some of their, their status in the, in the premier league. And yeah, they get the win here, but it doesn't, you know, I don't think it's a feel-good win for them. Um, 
although the f- players celebrated like it was. Um, for Liverpool, you know, I think the f- the fans, you know, feel cheated from, you know, some of the decisions that went against them, but we're happy with like how the team performed overall. It just sucks that, you know, we're, we're seven games into the season right now. And it's, you know, it's tough to really figure out what Liverpool really is because of, they've had so many games where they've been playing down a man, down two man. They've had, I think, four red cards in seven matches when they've had three red cards in the last, you know, four seasons combined. Um, it, you know, it, it's just tough. So you got to hope at some point it turns around. Um, you know, it, it went, with the way that Klopp talks, I, I th- there's a lot of like tinfoil hat conspiracies out there about why this is happening. I certainly think the way that Klopp you know, speaks in the media about these refs and the decisions and, you know, how he handles them on the sideline does not help the cause at all. So mm. I don't really know what to do in, in that regard. Like you're, you just have to support the manager, but at the same time, like I, I would be lying if I said, I didn't cringe a little bit every time he starts to kind of take the piss out of the, the refs because you just know it's going to come back to bite him in the next one. Um, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what's yeah on exactly. Like, the past two years. Yeah. So I don't know. It, if it's feel good for for Liverpool in some regard because I I, I genuinely I said it on Twitter kind of like tongue in cheek and, and out of frustration but I think Liverpool might be like the best team in the Premier League this season now um you know Man City dropped points we'll we'll talk about them a little bit but they dropped points to Wolves um you know they're dealing without KDB um they're dealing right now with with Rodri uh, on a suspension um I I think. Liverpool have every bit of talent and depth right now to challenge this, this city team. Um, and I think city is like one injury away from really kind of coming back down to earth, um, depending on who it is. Whereas with Liverpool, you know, they've, they've been getting healthier and healthier. And, and I think they can sustain some injuries because they've, like I said, they've been playing down a man. They've been playing with guys who've yeah. been suspended. It's, I think they can kind of deal with it. Plus, they're playing in, in Europa, so you know they can rotate a little bit easier than, than City can. Um, so, I, I, I think at this point, in, at this juncture in the season, we have we have one match to go until the another international break. I, I, I genuinely think the the top two teams right now are, are City and Liverpool. I think Tottenham, based off of that match, they're going to probably hit a decline at some point in this season. Um, their defense is not good. They really struggled to score against a nine-man Liverpool team. They, they really struggled to score, um, which was surprising because we, you know, they had that streak of, and they still have it going of two-plus goals scored in every game so far in the Premier League this season. But you know, this time they really relied on a, a, a by chance deflection to to get that second goal in the 96th minute. So I, I think there's there's going to be a period where we're Tottenham struggle. I think they'll probably come back down to earth. Will they finish in the top four, top five? I think it's probably favorable right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle kind of hits their vein of form. If they make up some points, you know, Arsenal are, are going to kind of kick it into gear at some point this season. Um, they've been scraping along, but um, you know, if, if, if those things all happen, then then Tottenham could find themselves on the outs once again. Yeah. I think the big thing for Spurs is they don't play the midweek matches this season. I think that in the long run could help them, especially if other teams start to struggle with injuries and depth issues. Like if Newcastle picks up a couple injuries or, or, you know, Brighton or, or anybody really, um, you know, but I think <clears throat> all the teams you just mentioned are helped by the decline of United and the fact that Chelsea can't rebound, you know, last weekend, Crystal Palace went to Old Trafford and won. So this is two matches in the week that United lost at home at Old Trafford. You know, that, you know, when I first started watching European football, um, uh, about a decade and a half ago was the year that 
you know, around the time Roma had to go to Old Trafford and got absolutely mauled in, in the Champions League. And, like, that wasn't a place you wanted to go if you were an opposing side. And now it's like, you know, Galatasaray goes and wins and, and wins with three goals, not like they squeak out a one nothing win or something. Um, Crystal Palace goes there. So that's something interesting. I mean, Chelsea got a win against Fulham. Um, you know, so maybe they'll start to find a little form because they don't have that those midweek matches too, but they've dug themselves a little bit of a hole. Um, how that match stayed under 2.5 for me to hit my last lock of the week was, was a miracle because they scored two, I think it was around like the 17th and the 19th minute or something. Yeah. Um, the other shocker in, in besides City losing to Wolves, because you mentioned that one, that was surprising, but the real shocker to me was the fact Brighton gave up six to Villa. Um, Villa hits, has some of these matches where they just they just turn it on sometimes, and I guess Brighton is prone to a clunker here and there. I guess it happens, but yeah, wow. That, that, well, was, you, that was a shocker to open the weekend. That was your only loss of the weekend. Yes, to say, you and me both, Coach, because I think I had Brighton draw no bet in that one, thinking that was as safe of a pick as I'd get all weekend. And yeah. uh, nope, nope. Ollie Watkins had something else to say about it. So, And I was like, oh, he beat me to it. I, that that would have been one of, my, one of my picks if you hadn't gotten it in there before me last week. Uh, so surprise there for sure. Newcastle got the win. Arsenal got a win. So it's going to be a fun Premier League. Uh, it's definitely going to be tight, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs for, for some of these teams. The city doesn't look as un, uh, invincible, like you said, as they've been. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, quick touch on Serie A, then we'll get into the, the the preview of the two big matches for the weekend back in the Premier League. So Serie A, um, you've had a lot to turn into a real bummer 0-0 match. Um, bit surprising there. Inter, the big story was Latour Martinez scored four goals in... I think 30 minutes off the bench. That was a big one. Uh, Knicks boys, another loss. This one to Milan, 2-0. Um, Napoli, like we said, came back with four goals against Lecce. So they're starting to find their their form. Uh, Roma finally got a win against Frosinone. Um, so the teams that were supposed to win for the most part won. Um, we'll see what happens. Because if you look at the standings, you still see teams like Roma in 13th, Lazio in 16th. And we're heading into the eighth match of the season, not where you expect to find those kind of clubs. Um, and it's kind of starting to to look like it's a almost, I don't want to say a two-team race yet at the top with Inter and Milan, because Napoli and you are only four back. They're not that far off, but it's starting to feel like a two-team race between Inter and Milan, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like Juve can probably get there um, out of the, the other clubs. But I don't know, to me, Milan... They're 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 treading on on thin ice right now because they waste so many opportunities. Like they're so good at they creating do. chances, but so bad at like finishing. And that's one of those things where it's like you know I think we saw it um, in in Champions League with Inter. Like I think they had what twenty one shots on 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 target and they had one goal out of it. Um, not sorry, not twenty one shots on target, twenty one shots in general, but they only had one goal. And like I feel like Milan is is bound to have a game like that as well where it kind of you know bites them luckily their defense has been pretty good um i think that was something that that martino called out before where he was kind of concerned with with some Mm -hmm. of the pieces they lost on their back line but the defense has been holding out so far um so i don't know it's i'm I'm not as much of a napoli believer that's hence why i went with real madrid midweek this week with champions league but uh i think you know if if somebody's me challenging the 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 clubs from milan it's it's gonna be juve and I think part of that, too, just like Spurs, they don't play those midweek matches this season. And I think that'll be a big advantage for them as the season wears on and you start to play, especially because Inter, for sure, I, 
most likely will advance out of their Champions League group. Milan's having a little bit tougher time, but there's a good chance they could get out as well. And if those teams start to get into the knockout rounds deep like last season, that's where the depth starts to get worn down a bit and where Juve can can take advantage of that. I agree. Napoli, I think they'll they'll hang around and they're probably favorite for top four right now along with those other three three sides. But Rudy Garcia, I think, is, we've talked about it, a downgrade from Spalletti. Um, and, you know, and we'll see. We'll see how the defense holds up without Kim through a full season. A couple more big head-to-heads because we did see when they played Lazio, that was their one loss. They they took care of business Lazio against him and Lazio has not been good this season. So they, they can still be vulnerable at the back. Um, we'll see if they uh, are rounding into form maybe after these couple wins. We'll see how much the Madrid loss affects them on the weekend, if it affects them at all. Um, but they're not going to have it so easy like last season in, in terms of defending the title when they kind of ran away with it, I think. Yeah. And um, just to touch on on games to keep an eye on this, this weekend. So uh, the big ones in Italy, the Juve Torino uh, in turn, we have the Derby della Mole. Uh, Lazio Atalanta is a big one heading into the international break. And Napoli Fiorentina is another big one. Um, I wish Nick was here to talk about his boys. Lazio did. He would just say they're 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 trash. They're not going to win. It's you know Ben Adelanta to the house. Uh, he does have a pick in his locks for us later, um, but you know him. He was skeptical about them heading to Celtic today, and they they did end up getting a, a late winner. Um, so I don't know if he's feeling any better, but uh, <laughs> he's. I, I'll answer that. No, there's no way he's yeah. feeling better about that. Nah, no chance. Nah. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, it produces more goals than the Juve Atalanta match because that that was uh. Well, that was not good. That I think they said Juve's lowest XG under Allegri, and they've had some pretty low XGs in his <laughs> in his tenure, I'm sure. So, um, Napoli Fiorentina could be a fun one, I think, on Sunday, the late match. That could be good. Uh, if Fiorentina's truly going to challenge for a top four spot, that could be where they have to. If they could go get a result in Naples, maybe they could prove that they're going to hang around this year because they're also on 14 points. But um, after a Thursday match, that might be tough. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on those matches. But we're going to focus on the Premier League, Scott, with uh, our previews. First, I just want to touch quickly on Liverpool-Brighton because we'd be remiss to kind of just gloss over it completely. Um, what do you expect in that one? Is that like a, a match where we're going to see a lot of goals? I think the over set at three and a half, what I saw earlier. It feels like a match that should see goals. Yeah, it should be a, a high offense type game. Um you know, Liverpool are going to be dealing with some suspensions from from the Tottenham game fallout. So there'll be no Jota. There'll be no Curtis Jones. I think those are probably all good and, and well. I think Gakpo probably misses out with injury because he hurt his knee hamstring at some point when he scored his goal. Um, so you'll see a front line of, of Nunez, uh, Salah, and uh, Diaz. Um, Nunez has been dealing with an injury. I think he should be fine for this one. I know they had to arrest him, but we'll see what the lineup looks like tomorrow for, for Europa League. But I expect that to be the top line. Um, midfield, I'm guessing you'll see uh, either uh, Ryan Gravenberch come in, who's been awesome when he's been playing. Maybe Endo comes in and, and lets McAllister get forward a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, not really any huge significant loss there in terms of uh, of quality. Not to say that Curtis Jones has been playing well this season, because he has. But luckily, Liverpool to actually have depth at midfield this year. Um, so I, I, I expect those guys to be playing. And then obviously in the Brighton, you'll have, you know, the... The usuals, you have Matoma, you have Sully Marsh playing, Evan Ferguson, um, all guys, you know, capable of, of scoring and creating chances. So um fully expect that one to be a, a goal fest. I'm hoping Liverpool kind of come out angry, feeling a little bit slighted from their, their previous weekend match and 
and hopefully get a result there and get back on track, especially with, you know, the key match that we're about to preview coming up, you know, someone's going to be losing points and out of Arsenal and Man City. So uh, got to take advantage of that when you, when you have those kind of opportunities. Yeah. So this one is at the Amex. Brighton is plus 205 at home in the money line. Liverpool plus 115 as the road team. Uh, draw no bet on Brighton is plus 120. If you, if you like Brighton and you think they can add, you know, get the win at home and maybe want to protect yourself against a draw plus 120 is a pretty good number. Liverpool minus 155, not as bettable. Um, the over is set at three and a half at minus 115 for the yes. No is minus 110. Um, Brighton team total over one and a half is minus 120. Interesting number there. If you think Brighton could get two goals, uh, Liverpool's is much higher at minus 185. So you can't really play that one. Um, couple other things that jumped out at me. Uh, both teams to score is minus 320. That speaks to the fact that they expect easy, yeah. easy, easy both teams to score there. Um, I was going to ask you this one, Scotty. First goal. We know Liverpool's prone to giving up the first goal in uh, probably about the last season or so. Uh, oh, yeah. Brighton plus 105, Liverpool minus 145. Is that is that something that's maybe worth taking a shot on Brighton at plus 105? For sure, because even Liverpool's MO this season has been you know, their second half club. Uh, they, they usually struggle in the first half, sometimes find themselves down one nothing, and then they come out strong in the second half. So it's absolutely worth a shot, uh, you know, especially at that number. I found there was a certain point last season where the, the books caught on and it was, you know, basically like a, a minus 120, minus 120 um, type deal, depending on who your book was. And so I kind of got off it from there. But if, if Brighton are going to be plus money, even if it's, what would you say, plus 105? I think plus it's 105 right now. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, if they're a second half team and you think Brighton might head into the break at, in the lead, Brighton's plus 235 first half. Um, something interesting if you're a believer of Brighton getting off to a quick start in this one. Um, yeah, those are the ones that jumped out. It was definitely the Brighton team total. I think the over three and a half is is certainly in play at minus uh, one fifteen. I th- I don't think that's a bad bet. Um, yeah, I think four goals is well within the realm of possibility here. Even let's take a look at some team totals. You know, it, depending on who you think is going to come out the strongest, you know, over one and a half, it's probably going to be like minus one sixty or something, minus one seventy. But um, those are definitely numbers worth looking at as well. Well, the Brighton one was minus one twenty. Um, so okay. that's one where if you think you're going to get a 2-2, 3-2 yeah. type match one way or another, um, minus 120 is a pretty good number on Brian. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I think that's definitely worth taking a shot at. All right, so let's move on to the big one for this week. And you mentioned it. It is Arsenal and City. Uh, last year, the two head-to-heads really determined the title when City took both. Um, this time, City currently in first place at 18 points, just one above Arsenal after dropping the three against Wolves last weekend. Arsenal's unbeaten, but City picked up their first loss, like I mentioned. City haven't lost to Arsenal in regular time since the FA Cup semifinals during the COVID summer of 2020. You know, up before last season, that would have made a lot of sense. But then Arsenal got really good last season, and they they still um, couldn't get it done even, even at home at the Emirates. Um, they did beat them in this community shield via PKs to start the season, um, not in within the regular time, which is what the first stat is. Um, that makes City 10-1-1 against Arsenal in regular time during that period. Um, Scotty mentioned when we were talking about the uh, you know teams earlier, Arsenal haven't really hit their stride. They did get a 4-0 win against uh, Bournemouth last weekend, but they then they followed it up with that 2-1 loss to Lens in the midweek. Um, they've been scraping out some one-goal wins to keep pace. you know, So they are only a point back, which is all that matters, I think, when you go into one of these head-to-heads. Um, Gabby Jesus, healthy. 
got a ch- got a chance to score a goal this weekend in the midweek to get that only goal in the loss. Um, we'll square off against his former club. Rodri will miss the Masters City with that suspension from the red card he picked up against Forrest recently. So those are all things to take into consideration. Rodri is a key, key piece of that midfield. And just to give you the odds before Scotty gives you his take, it's Arsenal plus 195 on the money line, City plus 145. This is at the Emirates to, to keep that in mind. So they are um, slight underdogs at home. Draws plus 225. Arsenal draw no bet plus 105. City minus 140 on the draw no bet. And the over is set at two and, um, over two and a half at minus 120. If you think it could somehow stay under, it's plus 130. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be a really fun match to watch because I think it's going to be well played on both sides. Um, I think, you know, Arsenal, I think, are really hard to cap right now because we know what they're capable of. They just haven't been doing it yet. It might be one of those, like, title defense hangover type seasons for them where, you know, they just were so drained from getting so close last season and then having it kind of fall apart in April that they haven't really hit the ground running and it might take them a little bit to kind of shake that. Um but city, you know, city or city, they're they're going to be the the juggernaut that everyone has to try to keep pace with. Yes, I think they're a little bit more vulnerable this year um, with you know KDB going to be out until probably the holiday period. Um, you know, the defense has been good, but I think there's uh, every chance for them to be exposed, uh, like Wolves did this this past weekend. Um, in the midfield, you know, they had this this midfield consistent midfield trio of, of De Bruyne, Rodri, and Gundogan. Gundogan is obviously now over at Barcelona. Just talked to KDB. He's going to be out for a bit. Rodri is now sitting out his second of three matches for suspension. And, you know, if, if he picks up an injury, like then they're really in a tough shape. So um, they're really relying on a lot of these, these other, you know, tertiary pieces like Grealish, like Foden to kind of carry that load. Um, so I, I think this one will certainly be a tightly contested affair. I don't expect any team to kind of come away with this with like a three goal win. Like I would be surprised if city win this three, nothing, or even more surprised if Arsenal win this three, nothing. Um, but I, I think you'll see good play on, on both sides at the very least. Yeah. And, and the books have both teams to score at minus minus one seventy. Yes. So they're, they're expecting both teams to score. Um, both teams have scored no draw. Yes, is plus one fifty. So if you think you're going to get a two one winner somewhere, that's uh, that's something that's that's a pretty solid number. Uh, it's not something I usually bet, but it's a bigger number than uh, than you get sometimes. Um, team totals too are are pretty big in this one, Scotty. The over one and a half for Arsenal is plus one forty five. The over one and a half for City is plus one fifteen. So both plus money. Hammer that. If, Hammer yeah, that. If you like someone, I to think get two goals. Yeah, I mean, again, City, they're missing a lot, but they still have a lot. Like, they still have Erling Holland, who, you know, he's he's been pretty good this season. You know, it, it, it's, I mean, he's been great this season. By his standards, he's been pretty good. Um, I think he's he's kind of due for a, a big game. Um, he usually kind of bangs in a hat trick like once a month, and I think it's been about a month since his last hat trick. So that's certainly on the horizon. I think the big X factor here is, is uh, Doku. Um, I had him in the props list as an anytime goal mm-hmm. or assist plus 130 uh, today against uh, Leipzig. And, and he came through with both a goal and an assist in this, just the second half. I mean, the guy is, he, he reminds me of a, a, a pacier, shiftier Wilfred Zaha. And I think he's only 21 right now. And I, I think he's going to become a lot more polished under Pep than, than Zaha ever was. And he, he's going to offer a real threat down the left side. Um, so he, he's one to keep an eye on. I don't know if he's going to start 
Pep's been kind of mixing and matching him coming off the bench, starting. Um, either way, I think he'll probably play about 45 to, to 60 minutes, depending um, on, on where he comes in. Uh, but he's he's certainly one to keep an eye on because he can really turn a game on its head. He, he's he's that dynamic and he's that dangerous. So um, curious to see what you know what position Pep has him coming in on. Um, and then there's Julian Alvarez, who I think he had a, you know, an incredible goal. The the goal that Doku assisted, um, he had a nice curler into the top right corner today. So plenty of offensive firepower for City. Getting their team total over one and a half at plus money uh, is always good. Um, I won't spoil my my lock this week because I do have a pick in this match as one of my locks. But um, I think that yeah, a team total over one and a half. You can take both, honestly. But certainly cities, I think, is, is as good of a bet you'll get this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Alvarez. Like, how many Premier League clubs does he start on? Probably most of them, right? Uh, oh, besides for City. sure. Yeah. You maybe know, so maybe like- Liverpool. Maybe Liverpool, honestly, with the way that Nunez and Diaz and Salah have kind of fit in. But yeah. Yeah, it's like embarrassment of riches. Um, also something to keep in mind. I know Saka came off with a muscle injury yesterday for Arsenal. Um, Martinelli's been out with an, a muscle injury as well. So th- those are a couple of key pieces on the attack, flanking uh, Jesus that are missing. So certainly something to keep an eye on. I, I know they do have uh, a little more depth there than they they had, you know, in years past. They have Trussard will probably start right, and I don't know who's going to start. On the other side, who do you think starts on the other side? Do you think they play Havertz more wide, or do you think Enketia gets like a look? I, he's more. I think it's probably forward. Havertz. I, I, yeah. For whatever reason, Arteta's been a huge fan of Havertz. Um, I, I don't. I think the, the feedback from Arsenal fans has been kind of a, a mixed bag on on how he's been performing. So, um, based off of that alone, my guess is it'll probably be Havertz to start with. Um, and and especially with Jesus coming off of in, injury, I think he'll probably want Enketia to kind of you know, mm. be able to kind of spell yeah. him at some point in the second half. Yeah, that, that's a good point, too, because you don't want to rely on Jesus to play all 90 if you don't have to. Um, yeah. And depending on how he, the fitness is there, that, that that's a good point as well. Um, and he played all 90 yesterday, too, so who knows how much he's got in yep. terms of minutes under his belt at this point. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, Havertz played a little more withdrawn yesterday. I think he's got to move up in the formation and, and you, you retinker the midfield a little bit. Um, Odegaard's been someone who's, uh, you know, added to the attack this season. Maybe with Rodri out, he can have a little more free reign in the midfield. Um, maybe he he chips in on offense in the attack if they need him to, because he's done that already this season. Um, but definitely some key absences to keep an eye on for Arsenal. It's it's not, you know, it's not ideal for Arsenal timing-wise. And it's never ideal to lose players like that. But this is, like, such a big match for them after the way the two went down last season. A 3-1 loss and a 4-1 loss. And... Like, it's almost like if they want to be serious title contenders that they really have to, like, get a result here. I Maybe, you know, yeah. especially because it's at home. I was going to say, that's the real problem. Is like, I, I bet you if you asked, you know, the Arsenal staff or, or players if they'd prefer to have their city match be in the first half of the season be home or away, I bet you they'd all choose it to be away. Because that way, yeah. if you get a result, like, awesome, you know, found money, great. If you don't, eh, you're playing city at the Etihad. Like, what do you expect? Um, so having this be their, their, their lone home match against city in the premier leagues coming up at, you know, basically week eight, um, when, you know, they're, they're not exactly in their finest of form. You're right. I think they, Arsenal would absolutely prefer this to be at least an away match, or if, you know, not a away match, have the home match be closer to, to December than, yeah. than it is. Yeah. Last season, last season we got them both in the second half of the calendar year because of, uh, 
the first one got like, oh, yeah. pushed back for a FA Cup or it was something pushed it back. Um, so yeah. we got them both pretty late. So they, they, there was even more drama in both those matches because it was so tight. And then City kind of put it to bed. Um, some interesting numbers in the recent head-to-heads. Both teams have scored in four out of five, um, which plays to what we're saying with the over here. Um, we kind of expect that. City's been first to score in these head-to-heads eight out of nine times. I think if that trend continues, it gets very tough for Arsenal to come back from that. Um, and Arsenal hasn't kept a clean sheet against City in nine straight, which is uh, definitely something interesting there as well. Yeah. I'm telling you, that team total over one and a half, it's, it's a really good bet. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add to this one, Scotty, before we go? Um, you throw Actually, I'll throw a couple goal score numbers at you because um, they're not always... They're not always favorable with City, but Holland is plus 105. You don't get him at that number yeah. very often. Um, Alvarez plus 260. It really jumps after Holland. Uh, Jesus plus 280. Trissard plus 280. Uh, and Ketier plus 280 if he plays. Martinelli and Soccer 300. They probably are unavailable, like we said. Odegaard plus 350. I mean, you have to go all the way to plus 400 for Jeremy Doku. And Kai Havertz plus 450. Foden plus 350. I mean, the numbers really jump. Grealish yeah. plus 400 as well. I, I love, I mean, listen, Holland at plus money is always good. So I, that's great, but I'm not going to make that my main pick because that's cheating. Um, love Jesus at plus 280. That's incredible. Uh, I think he's been, he was Mr. Consistent for Arsenal before his injury. I think he's been kind of coming into form, like we talked about, scored midweek. Probably not going to get a full 90, but I think he'll be as motivated as anybody on the pitch to score in this one. So uh, I love that. And then... Depending on if Doku starts, like I would consider tossing him in there, especially at plus four hundred. Um, you have yeah. to wait around to see. Um, the other thing too is I don't know if you have goal or assist numbers. Usually those come out yeah, later. Those come out but later. If you if you take a look at that on on Saturday or, or or early Sunday, you know, both of those two guys I mentioned, Jesus and Doku, absolutely they'll probably still be probably plus one thirty to plus one forty eight range. Um, and, and those are also good ones because Doku being in on the wing crossing it into Holland like that's an easy goal uh, assist opportunity and Jesus just kind of plays like up sometimes like he'll play a little false nine action he'll he'll distribute inside the box leave little layoffs like Odegaard um so I can certainly see him picking up assist as well yeah those are definitely ones to keep an eye on I'm sure Scotty if he finds ones he likes when he puts out the the patron props on our patreon page he does the premier leagues Nick and I usually do the Serie A ones something will be in there and and I think anytime you can get a player like Jesus at plus 280, you probably take a shot on it. I mean, even Holland at plus 105, if you're someone who likes to bet goal score props, you almost have to take it because you never get that value on him. And if he doesn't score this match, you just you just chalk it up as a loss and, and you move on because when else are you going to get him as, as as a plus money goal score? It's like Harry Kane now in the, in the Bundesliga, right? He's like minus 180 every time. So it's one of those things that I think you have to take a shot at. Um, and then I think you look at the starting lineup, right? And if you see that, Alvarez gets a start along with Holland. Maybe you take a shot at him at plus 260 because he's a guy who scores a lot of time when he's on the pitch. And, you know, he is a really gifted goal scorer. Yeah, I feel like he almost has to start um, with, with you know, Rodri and KDB out because they've been playing him kind of behind Holland. And, and I think that would kind of make sense in this one if, if, if you want to kind of keep those two guys kind of paired up and then let Grealish or, or whomever kind of do the dirty work on the wings. That kind of makes sense, but we'll see what Pep does. Pep has also been known to throw a curveball every once in a while in some of these yeah. big matchups. So, yeah, certainly things to keep an eye on. Definitely keep up with our uh, our social media and um, Patreon page because if if there's things we like as we get up to to kick, 
that uh you know we didn't get to talk on about here and that's where they're going to be so definitely keep an eye there's gonna be things that when the starting lineups come out is when you put some of those final bets in um and and that's where where we'll put them for you so um scotty i think it's time to move on to our locks the week you mentioned you had one in this match maybe kick it off with that one yeah i do um i took manchester city money line plus 145 uh as my first lock you're not gonna see manchester city money line at plus money too too often um usually it'll be in a road game like this one is and usually it'll be against a top four side like this is so that means you usually will have three chances to do it on any given season um and I love this one because they're coming off of a loss already. You know, they, they lost to Wolves this weekend. Um, I don't think they they rarely, if ever, lose consecutive games in the Premier League under Pep Guardiola. I tried to research it. I went back to 2018, and that was the first instance that I could find that really stood wow. out to me. So you're talking like five years bef- since the last time that under Pep, they've lost back-to-back Premier League games. Um, so I love that, you know, they have a good chance to rebound. And then as we talked about, like they've really just dominated Arsenal in this fixture. And sometimes that is a mental block. That's tough for teams to overcome. Um, if Arsenal had won, you know, the, the, you know, I guess they did win the, the community shield, albeit in penalty kicks, but you know, if they had won that straight up, then maybe that, that block is a little bit, you know, defeated, but um, I don't know. I, I just, I think city can kind of continue this trend. I think Holland has been quiet, relatively speaking for the last two weeks. So he's kind of due for a breakout game. And you know, I think Pep's going to have to get a little bit more attack minded with, with Rodri being out. So you might see a, a Doku or, or a, a um, Alvarez starting with, with Holland. And maybe we see a, a, you know, a high offensive game that goes back and forth, but ultimately city kind of f- figures out at the end. So I like it. I like it. You know, I'm not going to overthink this. It's Manchester city. It's plus money. Just, just take it. Yeah. If you're a believer in city, you don't get them at, at that kind of number very often. Like you said, all right, my first one, I'm going to say, yeah, this is the, the Friday noon or 12.30 kickoff here on the East Coast U.S. So if you're going to take this one, you got to get in pretty early in the weekend. Uh, it's Empley against Udinese draw at plus 230. I almost never bet draws. Like, I, I, you could probably count them on less than one hand. The amount of times I've bet a straight-up draw, I usually am like more of a draw-no-bet person, just protect against the draw and take the club I like better. Um, but neither of these teams scores much, and neither will want to drop all three points of what could eventually be a relegation six-pointer, which is the way I'm looking at this already because early in the season, you can already see it kind of shaping up for those two clubs this way. Um, I'm, I'm just going to read out their goal-scoring numbers so far. And um, Empoli has scored literally one goal in <laughs> in seven matches. They've scored once, and it was a one nothing win that got them their only three points of the season. Udinese scored four times in seven matches um, in route to four draws and three losses. So... Neither of these teams has scored much. Now, Empoli has no draws this year, mainly because they don't score goals and they, they concede. Um, but Udinese has been pretty draw-friendly this season. Um, and I think it's going to be one of those conservative matches, maybe a 1-1, even maybe a 0-0. I know they both concede goals, but I think they're both going to play it in a way that they're going to be scared to give up the first one. And... Um, it might be one of the most unattractive matches you see all weekend, but I, I definitely think there's a good chance of a draw here. And I'm going to take a shot on it at plus 230. Um, if you're more of a draw-no-bet person, you might look at Udinese, but I, I think the draw is, is seriously in play here. The draw line is how I got back into it, right? I think I started off the season one and six, and then I, I took, I think it was like an Everton game um, draw I, I line. So. And that was like also like plus 230, and I, I hit that, and all of a sudden my, my units came back, so... I like the pick, Coach. Um, my second lock of the weekend, 
I'm taking Brentford plus one. It's minus 135 at Manchester United. Um, Manchester United kind of stink. They they do. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Ten Hag looked like he was the guy last season. Now it's kind of, you know, the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit. Um, so it, it's it kind of goes two ways here. Um, Brentford at the same time are also kings of the draw. I think they've drawn four of their seven matches yep. so far this season. Um, and then the other ones are a one goal loss, uh, a win and a two goal loss. So that means Brentford plus one over the course of the season so far is five, one and one pretty good record. Mm-hmm. I like that trend to continue here. Um, I don't know that Brentford are going to come out and score, you know, one or two, or, sorry. I don't know if they're going to come out and score, and score two or three goals, but I think one goal is, is certainly enough to get a result with the way that United have been playing. And we just saw what happened with Galatasaray. You know, they came in, they, they kind of took over. And uh, I think United will probably still be reeling a little bit for that one this weekend. So um, I can see Brentford coming in here, just taking a result out of Old Trafford and, and being happy with a point, if not three. Yeah, it's really one of those matches, too, that you have to see what kind of mentality Manchester United comes out after back-to-back losses at home. And now it could be, you know, suppose they fall behind and they're still down at halftime or the 60th minute. Like, do they have the fight in them or are mentally they're going to be like, wow, this is going to be like our third straight loss at home. And the real problem right now is is Onana has zero confidence. I mean, he's been yeah. horrible. Um, and and uh, from a Liverpool side, like when Karius lost his confidence and just became a disaster, like it sucked watching that that team play because you just knew that there was a liability in the goal and, and at, at the back and, you know, anything could happen. And, and it's kind of what's happening to Onana, right? Like the, the, the third, I think it was the third goal they gave up um, against Galatasaray, the, the winner. It was a, a PK that Onana tried to pass up kicked it right to a Galatasaray player and uh, Casemiro had to kind of, you know, take out the player in the box, um, picked up a red card, gave up a PK. The PK didn't get converted, but then like two seconds later, they managed to score. So um, Onana is, is certainly a wild card here where like I could see Brentford getting gifted a goal because of his play. Yeah. He's almost becoming like a walking meme this season for them, right? Like it's like it's taken over from McGuire. (laughs) Yeah. It's been like three or four times. Highway robbery on Inter's part to get what they got for him, right? And yeah. and they're there, there they are humming along with Jan Sommer, who's like 38 years old and goal and still not missing a beat. So, um, you know, maybe you change your style of play when playing out from the back a little bit, but it, they're not losing much in terms of shot shot, shot stopping at this point. So, um, yeah, that that's that's a big factor when your goalie just can't stop a shot or or makes those kind of mistakes to put you in those kind of positions. It's not good. Um, will be one to keep an eye on. And, and I, I think that's a good bet. I think Brentford can keep it close, even though they're not as good as they were last year. I think with United in this mindset, it's going to be tough for them to really like exploit yeah. Brentford and, and pull away, I think. I'm going to stick with another Friday match for my second one. I'm going to the Bundesliga. Uh, Fridays are, are tough sometimes to handicap, but I, these, these were two that jumped out at me. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach against Mainz over three goals at minus 110. Uh, like I said, another Friday match, squaring off two teams off to poor starts to the season. Mönchengladbach got its first win last time out, and Mainz remains winless with just one point through six. Um, however, unlike the match in Italy, these teams usually go over two and a half. Mainz has done so in five out of six, even though they've only scored four times in six of those matches, so they're giving up plenty of goals. And Mönchengladbach has gone over in eight of ten of their matches and averages just over four, so... Going back to last season, including the six this season, they've gone over an eight of those ten. So, um, and this season in the six, they've averaged over four goals a match. So I like the over three. I didn't want to go to a three and a half just because I feel like it gets tricky sometimes there. But I, I definitely think 
the minimum you get is three and a push here and likely a, a win at four. Yeah, Mines is a, a tricky one. Uh, I feel like they've been a, a weird team, kind of almost like I'm, maybe I'm just doing this because they both have M and Z, but they kind of remind me of Monza in, in Serie A where like they have games where like they play way above their like expected level and then other games where they're just absolute trash. Yeah. Yeah, last year they hung around mid-table for quite a while, I think, and then they, they kind of faded. Um, but this year they, they've just been bad from what I've seen in the score lines. Yeah. Well, speaking of bad, my final lock of the weekend is going to be Burnmouth double chance minus 120 at Everton. Um, and that's because Everton definitely stink. Like Everton are really, really bad. It, this is the third season in a row that they've been at the bottom of the table fighting for their lives. And it's going to continue again. Um, I understand that Burnmouth don't have a win to their name so far this season. So it's kind of odd to make them a lock, but at the same time, neither did Luton town and Luton town got their first one of the season against Everton last weekend. So, uh, I think Everton are kind of Kings makers in the sense where they allow these lower club, lower level teams to come in and, uh, take points off them. So uh, I don't even need Bournemouth really to get a win here. A, a draw will, will cash this for me as well. But uh, I think Bournemouth are, are, are due for a little bit of a breakout. They're not a good team, but they, they definitely are better than what they are right now. So I, I think they can absolutely come into Everton with the way that Everton have been playing and, and get a win, if not you know, at least a draw. All right. And I'm going back to a team that won me a bet last week, and it's Stuttgart Moneyline minus 105 against Wolfsburg. Stuttgart has been one of the most pleasant early season surprises in Germany, sitting second in the table with 15 points and one off the lead. Uh, Wolfsburg has been solid as well with 12 points. However, Stuttgart has been nearly flawless in their three home matches with 13 goals scored and just one conceded. Uh, meanwhile, both of Wolfsburg's losses have come on the road where they've scored only three times in three matches. I like Stuttgart's high-flying attack to prevail at home, stay hot, and cash this one at close to even money. All right, time to get into Nick's picks. I'll, go with, I'll start with the first one, Coach. Nick's taking AC Milan, money line, minus 115 at Genoa. And his reasoning is kind of the reasoning why I don't like this pick. It's, you know, he says Milan is due, his favorite phrase. They're due um, after tons of chances every game um, and competing for first. So I agree, Nick, they do have tons of chances every game, but I'm just nervous about how infrequently they actually convert those. I mean, luckily they converted the two goals for me against Lazio last weekend and, and hit me my team total over. But it took them a while to get there. Um, so at like you said at the top of the show, at some point that's going to come back to bite them. So I don't necessarily hate the pick for Nick. I'm just saying that logic is, you know, can also be used against them. Yeah. All right. The second one, he's taking my team Roma Moneyline minus 125 at Caliuti. And his rationale He's doing that for on purpose. One, yeah. I yeah think no, he's, he's doing, doing this on purpose. To, just to screw no, with yeah. me. This, um, is, this one he's doing on purpose because if he loses it, he feels good that Roma has lost. Roma lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm a sucker for a good Roma money line at minus 125 as well. But he says uh, he picks Roma because he's been cold. And if they don't win, I get to make fun of Mourinho. So that that's yeah. his logic. There you so go. They, there you go. Um, yeah. He gets to make fun of Mourinho. Gets to make fun of me on the show probably next week when hopefully we'll have all three people back. And uh, Roma maybe falls behind Lazio on the table. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I do like the number. Um, I also will mention, since we're on it, I did like both team totals over one and a half for both of these teams. If you believe in Milan or Roma to score two in one of these matches on the road against, you know, Genoa's been pretty decent. Caledi hasn't. Um, if, if you think they get two goals, I think they're both around minus 120. They, those could be in play too. All right. We'll go to the next third and final lock of the weekend. It's the other club from Rome. It's Lazio versus Atalanta. The over two and a half. It's minus 105. 
Nick says the reason why he's taking this is that Atalanta is the OG easy overs club. Um, need he say more? Um, he doesn't. I will. The other thing is Lazio's defense has been horrible all season long in all competitions, not just Serie A, but it's yeah. also been bad in in uh, Champions League as well. The offense is okay. You know, it's 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 nothing to write home about, but it, it's competent. So. Um, put those two things together and, and a club like Atalanta who are right sitting in fifth place, I think right now and competing for top four, um, certainly a, sixth, a good yeah. recipe for goals. Sixth place. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for the most part, you, you expect these kind of matches to go over. Um, Latios conceded 10 times in seven matches, uh, far cry from last season <laughs> when they were one of the best defense in the league. Um, don't know what's going on there. Um, speaking of defense, these two teams tend to play lower scoring matches. We're going with our pod lock. Um, we're not going with the total though. We're going money line. It's Juve money line minus 125 hosting Torino in that Derby della Mole that I, I mentioned when we went through the fixtures this weekend. Juve's unbeaten in their last 18 against their crosstown rivals and have scored in 20 straight matches against them. Um, you know, I know Juve was a dominant force for a really long time in the league, almost a decade, but it's surprising that they didn't drop at least one to Torino because Torino's been like a mid-table team in that time and even pushed for Europa, um, I guess Europa League when it, before Conference League came around. Um, but with this one being at the Allianz Stadium, we expect this trend to continue. Torino probably plays them tough, probably keeps it low scoring. I could see a 1-2-0 win from Juve in this one, but uh, Torino's attack doesn't generate all that much. I, I, I think that Juve gets it done at minus 125. Yeah, you got to figure Juve find a way to win here. Um, we were talking about it beforehand, like the worst case scenario, or I guess the best case scenario here for Torino is maybe a draw. So yeah. um, if Juve can just get a goal, then it's going to force Torino out. And uh, I think that that'll spell trouble for them. Side note, yeah, was in was in Torino, Turin last weekend, a very lovely city, a very lovely place to go. Great food. Um, my only complaint was that they had a lot of posters of, of Zaniolo. Uh, around in the windows for whatever reason wearing the italian national team kit um at first i thought it was vlahovic i was trying to make the tie-ins with juve and it, it then i realized no that's not vlahovic because he doesn't play for the italian team um then it, it hit me who it was so i don't know maybe maybe we can get that figured out uh mayor or whoever the the you know head politician is in, in torino maybe we can get these posters removed and, and put somebody else up but yeah, it can't get like a that, Chiesa the, up or something I just, yeah it was, it was not a even very a guy weird, with those ube connections yeah and yeah just a just a weird a weird scene for me to see in in many many windows around definitely lots of posters of, of zaniolo so yeah other than that great city yeah so I think that was my recommendation, right? I'm glad it, was. it worked yeah. out for you Thank guys God. because uh, yeah. it is a nice city. Definitely a lot to yeah. uh, see there. Cool place. Uh, not a fan of the club that plays there, but hey, <laughs> it, it happens, right? So uh, we'll leave it there. Hopefully another at least minimum 7-3 and three week after we had that last weekend. Push for 8-2, and 9-1, maybe 10-0. and 0. We, We've had one of those, um, I think, in our time. So thanks again for listening. You can check out all of our stuff on social media. Uh on our Twitter page at Kicks Picks Pod. We're now on YouTube. If you're listening on audio and you haven't seen our YouTube page yet, same name, uh, Kicks Picks Pod. And uh, we're starting to do a little bit of work for our guest last week, Andy's site, happyhoursports.net. Uh, we put up a couple of written pieces on there for the Champions League, and we'll probably have a piece or two a week. Some of the stuff that uh, is free for all, stuff that's not available, you know, not pay- Patreon paywall stuff. So 
check out their site, happyhoursports.net. They've got other tons of betting content if you're into betting other sports as well. But we'll be providing some of our uh, our soccer content for them, our football content. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. 